Hello and welcome to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes and I'm your host. Today we're talking with Dominique Benedetto from Florida and who's a salon owner, educator, and all-around entrepreneur with multiple businesses. Uh, Dominique, would you introduce yourself to our viewers? Hi, everyone. My name is Dominique DiBenedetto, and I'm super excited to be here. Um, I am a salon owner. Um, I have a team in South Florida. That's amazing. Um, I have a wig business as well. I specialize in color, um, educating others, sharing uh, my knowledge of the mistakes that I've made and how to not make them and um, basically help other stylists come up and grow in the most positive way in uh, today's hair industry. Awesome. Cool. So how many, uh, you have one salon and, uh, and a wig business that so tell us a little bit about the specific details. So I have a salon. Um, I used to be, um, I used to have a suite actually. Um, okay. I used to be a suite owner and a Sola for a really, really long time. And okay. Happened- uh, sorry to interrupt. Did you, uh, did you start off in a suite? No. Okay. Did you start? So you started in a salon? Oh yeah. Um, well, there, okay. when I started doing hair, there was no suites. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> so All right. Um, I'm from the old school. So you either, you got out of beauty school and you either worked in a commission salon, you worked at like a mall or a chain, or you rented a chair. Okay. So, you know, navigating through that for many years, um, I ended up in a solo suite over time when they uh, opened up because I couldn't find a place that could house me, that had all the things that I needed. So I was thrown into, you know, working for myself um, and I learned a lot and failed a lot. And um, I learned how to run my own business in my own chair. Uh, Fast forward to not get into all the nitty gritty of that whole time span. um, I realized that I was so busy, which is not a bad problem to have, but it was either that I raised my prices so exponentially that I cut half of my book out or I pushed forward and opened a salon and had a team to help me take on this book that I was building because I was saying no to new guests and new opportunities every day. Um, I worked with an assistant full time, um, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough room. Um, I'm come, I come from the land of double booking, triple booking. Um, that's how I know how to work. Um, I know that that's changed over the past couple of years. But at the time, that's what I needed to do. So I uh, scraped together uh, 30 grand and found a place and did everything uh, on a budget to open. And I opened Aura in 2019. Okay. So there's a a couple of questions. Uh, So were you working in a suite with an assistant? I I was. Um, I, I was working with an assistant. I had a hourly full-time assistant that worked with me that was licensed. Um, okay. And um, we worked from morning until night. Day. All right. And uh, was this like a, like a double, a two-chair suite or? So interesting enough is the first suite that I had was a large double. So what that meant is that housed two chairs and like a little bit of a waiting area. So I was able to like really kick get some ass in. in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. Go ahead. Uh, In that time, I actually ended up having a baby. And so I got very scared that this, you know, this big suite, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. So me being fearful, um, I decided to downsize into a large single, probably the biggest, one of the 
best, biggest mistakes I've ever made because in that single, I realized I'm still going to max out because I still had this urge just because I was a mom. Like I still wanted to do all the hair. I like that is in my blood to work. So definitely wasn't a stay at home mom. I wanted to do hair. So I went back into my single and killed it. And I was like, I can't do this. I got to, I got to go. I got to do something else. How long were you out for, uh, uh, after you had your baby? Four weeks. Four months? Four weeks. Four weeks. Okay. All right. So four weeks was probably not. No. So would you say you didn't have, you didn't really lose many customers, I guess, because they probably didn't. I mean, four weeks isn't a long enough time to be gone, is it? I was supposed to be gone for three months. I came back after four, like I would say pushing it six weeks, but my assistant took my clients while I was gone. Like, uh, with your, with your like good graces or like, no, like she, I put her in there. Like, work. okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so so she with, took over the business while you were, while you were off. Yeah. I mean, I could still, 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 you, I could still see what was going on. You know what I mean? I trusted her completely yeah. and, she, and she knocked it out of the park. She rocked it. Um, and it was great. Um, with the suite that I was in though, is if you go on maternity leave, what they do is they don't charge you rent if the, if your suite is shut down, but I decided to keep mine open and have my assistant work so that she wouldn't lose her job or lose revenue and she could keep going and she killed it. She made so much money. She didn't even have to do with. And, um, I was at home still not collecting a lot, but money was still coming in. And then, uh, how long after you, so, uh, how long were you out of suite, uh, at the double suite before you got pregnant and you downsized? I was at that suite for, I was in that suite for four and a half years. Okay. And then how long were you in the smaller suite before you? Two and a half, like one and a half. No, no, two, two solid. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, all right. So you're, you, you're going through this process. Uh, you, you, you build this business, you downsize it out of fear, and then you realize that it's not it, it's not enough. And as a matter of fact, you need more than just the double suite. It's time to uh, take that leap. Uh, tell us about like tell us about that, like deciding to get to open up a salon. And, um, you know, how did you discover how much you know, you said 30,000 bucks. That doesn't sound like very much money uh, from like my research. It look, it puts the numbers on much higher. Like, tell us a little about how you made that happen. So I knew nothing. Like, I, I thought I knew everything, but I didn't know a lot. <laughs> so, um, I was actually, you know, really, really lucky. Um, I don't like, I used to work for this guy. Right. And I knew that he was really big into commercial real estate. He he, I worked at his restaurant when I was like 15, 16. Um, I knew that he had commercial real estate and I called him one day and I said, Hey, do you have any commercial space available? And he was like, actually I do. And I'm like, okay, well, can I have it? And he was like, well, there's a renter in there right now there. It's a salon. I'm like, great. So I went over there, I pulled up and this place was like, I mean, it hasn't been touched since 1980 something. I mean, (laughs) I was like, oh my God. So I walked in and I went, I went up to this woman that I'd never met in my life. And I said, Hey, listen, so-and-so sent me in. I just wanted to give you the opportunity. If you're interested in getting out, I would love to take over your space. She literally said yes. Nice. So wait, yeah. hold on. Sorry. I don't know. I was taking a note from what you were saying. Did you say, did you offer her money or just offer? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, no. I didn't <laughs> offer her any money. I was like, can she I? She just have- wanted out. So she had been there for like 
20 years. You know what okay. I mean? And she had a rental. She had renters in there. I think one. One. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't that she was hurting. She was just tired. Gotcha. So her, she said, okay, I'm going to think about it. But I think, yeah, I would. I'm like, okay. So uh, the next day I met her and her husband and they asked me for 20 grand. Okay. Yeah. I was like, no. Okay. <laughs> I have to put 30 into this place. Gotcha. Okay. So I said, hey, how about you work here for 18 months rent free? Oh, nice. I like it. And That's said, awesome. Okay. Sweet. I said, you'll make more than the 20 grand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So cool. I came in there like gangbusters. I renovated that place in two weeks. And um, it wasn't, we just did a lot of cosmetic work. So obviously it was a salon before. So the plumbing. Yeah. That's the money right there. 35 grand. Right. Um, you know what I mean? That if I would have done all that, it would have cost me probably more of what your research had shown. Yeah. 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 Um, plus I didn't have to go through, I mean, I had to pay first and security. I didn't have to pay last because I knew him with a guy and you know, like it was just like a old school kind of deal. You know what I mean? I had worked for him for like many years he actually got me my first salon job 20 years ago. So it was it, everything that like, came full circle. So I didn't ever burn that bridge. So it really, really helped me down the line, you know? Um, and he's still my landlord today, actually. Um, nice. So I'm still in that same space and it's been, re I've renovated it like three times and it's only how, 800, 800 how long square feet. Ago? I opened in 2019. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Got it. Yeah. 2019. And you said, how many, uh, how many chairs do you have or how many I stylists are? I started four? with six chairs. Okay. Now I have nine. Okay. Um, I have eight, I have eight employees. All so right. we're full to the max in that 800 square foot space. We work very intimately when I tell you. Yeah, I bet. Oh my God. It is, it is rough, but we do it. We've been doing it for three years. Um, but I will tell you, it, it doesn't matter where you are, what, like, you can make things happen in small spaces because going into 2022, like that 800 square feet is going to, to gross a million dollars. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. You know, and I think that all has to do with just hiring the right people, assembling the right team and really, really establishing a non-negotiable culture. Yeah. That's where the magic is. Nice. So, uh, I mean, so this, uh, so many things. So the smaller space, I guess, makes you more nimble in the wake of a pandemic. So like, did you find that being smaller was actually to your benefit? No, not really. Because I mean, maybe I, I don't know how to really answer that question because the thing is, is I'm in Florida where things are just, no demic. Yeah, yeah, there is no demic. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, no, no, <laughs> right. So it doesn't even exist. I mean, it, it does. I'm, I'm, I, we took it very seriously. Uh, before we were recording, you had said that you started this because you didn't really have any way to uh, navigate through yeah. COVID. And we did not either. So what I did during COVID is um, I actually, um, it's, a, it's on the news. I'll send you the clip. I actually went on the news to talk about the lack of uh, help, 
help and leadership through this time for salons. So I came together and I made my own protocol and it ended up going a little viral and all the salons in our area actually used it. So we set the tone for COVID. (laughs) So, um, and then they actually, when we opened up, the news came back and then they did another story on us of how we were navigating back open. So we were very, very, my business was all over the place with that. So I had to really make sure that we were walking a very tight line. Gotcha. Um, okay. So we did well, we did well. Um, the clients were happy to come back in and some of them weren't, we did lose some, uh, because their protocols didn't match ours. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I navigated my business on the side of safe and, um, nothing was going to get through that because that's my, that's my life. I have children and, um, two young children and I, I wasn't going to risk, you know, do not doing some of these, you know, maybe obnoxious protocols, but we did them because we had no other option and we didn't have any, uh, you know, protocol. So I, I definitely probably went overboard. I think somebody did call me, I was called a Karen, a a Corona Karen many times, you know, but I'll own it. I'll be a Karen. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be here all day for Karen. I don't care, (laughs) but Um, there is no Novid here now. Now it's like, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So um, tell it. So uh, we were, you know, I know that in the viewer and the listener might not know this or not, not caught this, that there are a couple other things. Um, One is you have uh, in-person or in-person, you have technical education. Uh, Yeah. You do. You're also working with Redkin uh, as an educator with Redkin. Yep. I am onboarding with them 2022 on their education team. Yes. Um, I'm really excited about that. That's a big one for me. Okay. And then you also started a wig business. Yeah. So um, I'm actually wearing one right now. Nice. Looks pretty good. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So during the, you know, obviously um, I've had children. I've actually had been diagnosed with alopecia probably about like six, I would say probably about 10 years ago, but I was kind of like in denial and I just kept going shorter with my hair. I kept using the topic powder. I kept going to doctors and they just kept telling me like it's hereditary, but it's not hereditary because everybody in my family has lion's manes. Like that's complete crap. So there's no, there's no fix. There's no, no pill. There's nothing. So, um, during the pandemic, I actually, you know, right before the world shut down, I actually had a baby. And um, during this time, my hair started to like, just, I mean, it was just falling out. Like there's nothing I could do. Um, I started doing some homework on maybe something I could wear. I always said by the time I was 40, I would be in a wig, but I I was joking, but I don't think I really was because I'm 37 and here we are. So um, I started doing all of this um, homework on like pieces and wigs and, you know, all our business is so big in extensions right now, right? Hand ties, machine, uh, everything, the halos, all of this. And those options are amazing, but there is no option for people that are losing it up here. There is no shampoo that's going to fix it. I don't give a shit what you tell me. Um, if it, if it was, I would have it. Yeah. So, um, I started ordering like all these pieces, like over the shutdown. And the one thing that I realized is that the woman that is suffering from this is going to be suffering for a long time because these things were obnoxious. They were overly priced. They were so expensive. Um, 
as a professional, as somebody who's been doing hair for 20, almost 20 years, I could not make this work. So imagine what a regular consumer is getting. And these pieces are thousands of dollars. Interesting. So um, I started just like going down the rabbit hole of Instagram, uh, YouTube and finding uh, information. So what I did was actually went to the local hair store and bought some wigs and um, I brought them back to the salon because we were closed and I just started coloring them and I started to try to make them look more real and it worked. And so you were doing them for yourself and then, is that right? And you did, yeah, I was kind of doing them for me, but I was just kind of like doing it just because of basically experimenting. Yeah. And I actually started posting about it and then people started asking me like, Hey, could you color mine? Oh, nice. Okay. And I'm like, and these people did not live in our area and nobody could get their hair done. So I started having them send them in. Okay. So they would send them in. We'd have a FaceTime. They tell me what they want. I color the wig and then I send it back. I love that. That's how I made my money. All right. So, and then you decided, Hey, I should do this, uh, like, uh, make it, make it official. Yes. So I started doing toppers and I started finding a supplier and it took me thousands of dollars and thousands of dollars that I wasted on a supply, trying to find a supplier because there's scams everywhere. Um, I've actually, my own page has been scammed people telling, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, but the human hair world is very, very scary. It's, it's, it, it's very expensive. Um, my pieces are very expensive, but at least I can stand behind it. You can actually come to my salon. I actually carry a stock. You can custom order. Um, but these pieces have changed my life. Nice. I don't think if I didn't have this piece on right now, we would be doing this interview. Okay. There you go. That's all. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I think, I think it's super awesome that you, um, you know, you, you see something and you just shared it with the world and, uh, it came back as like a light bulb and, uh, there are people who need this and you made a business out of it. So what about the, uh, education? Tell us uh, like a little brief about that. Cause like the, you know, the wig thing I'd like to expand on in a, uh, in, in a separate, uh, episode where oh, we that's a whole about, thing. <laughs> we go a little dive into that. Yeah. So. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you wrap, help us kind of like wrap up your, your story a little bit, like the intro anyway, with, um, tell us a little about the education and if there's anything else that the so, audience needs to know. So the salon that, that 800 square feet salon is having it going through an expansion right now. So that will be done at the end of no, uh, December. I can't wait to share it with the world. Um, that's we're going to be doubling in size and maybe, nice. Yeah, I and coming back, circling back to the education, I'll be able to do more um, hands-on in person. And that, the reason why I only do hands-on is because I am a I am a doer learner. I am not a visual learner. I'm not an audio learner. I, I need to do it. Like I have to touch something to understand it. And I think that a lot, you know, that does resonate a lot with our industry is because we are doers. We 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 hustle. We're 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 really good at multitasking. So my thing is what I like to teach people. Behind, like I bring in some business and I bring in some technical and I marry them together. So what I teach is how to stack that massive ticket in half the time. Nice. So I provide placements and um, plans to get through basically an entire head of hair and of how to maximize revenue in a shorter amount of time. So something awesome. that looked like it took six hours, it takes me three. Nice. I love that. So we can do two of those in a day instead of one, because 
The salon owner needs to make money. The salon owner can't make money on one person a day on each chair, but the stylist can't either. Right. So how do we bridge that together? We learn how to do smarter services that stack where we're ticket stacking, you know, base color, foliage, gloss, treatment, cut, blow, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And we're able to cut down on that time so that the salon owner can see a revenue. Because everybody doing one service for seven hours, I'm sorry, everyone is losing. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're charging $2,000. Right. And we're not doing that. (laughs) We're not. Like the the average salon owner is not doing that because the average salon, the average stylist income for 2021 was $24,000. Oh, you everyone hear that? $24,000 average income. So what's the problem here? That means there's two problems. There's one, uh, a lot of us are not, doing our taxes properly Two, we're not working efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely both of those things. Right. So <laughs> if I'm able to show how to do, I can't show you how to do your taxes, but I can show you how to work smarter and not harder, but not compromising the work. Nice. Awesome. So uh, are you going to use, uh, are you going to add any treatment rooms, do any skincare? You're just going to add more chairs, no, hair, no. hair all the way. I only like doing things that I can have, like you said earlier, authority on. I can't have authority on skin, nails, lashes. I don't know any of that shit. So I love it, but it's just not for me. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Not in this house. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, I think this was, uh, this is great. This kind of like helped everybody get to know you. And um, we think we learned some things and uh, it's just so, it's so inspirational to hear people who, uh, who move on their, on their ideas. And, uh, I think that it's good to hear, hear stories like this because, uh, you know, our listeners and our viewers, uh, they're looking, some of them are looking for specific information. Some of them are looking for an interesting story, but some of them are looking for that motivation and inspiration to like go continue to push through. Uh, so I'm really glad to have, have you on. Um, Thanks. It was a blast. Good. Uh, so to wrap, wrap this episode up, um, I like to end with uh, some with a laugh. So I I ask all of my guests to share their most embarrassing moment in the salon, behind the chair, or with a customer. You know, first thing that comes to their mind. Obviously, you can opt out of this. No, let's do it. It's bad. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so um, this this actually didn't happen. I have two of them. Okay, the first one actually happened pretty recently. Um, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I was talking, doing whatever. I don't know. So I was, I was turned this way. The client was this way. It was a short haircut. I grabbed, I meant to grab my texturizing shears and I grabbed like my regular ones and Mm. I just chopped that shit off. Like, Uh like all in, like all in on the bang, on the bang. Like, oh no, no no tape and extensions going to cover the, like nothing. Oh no. What did she say? What did the guest say? Oh, she started crying. Oh, no. Of course. No. She was crying. Oh. Well, she was crying and laughing at the same time. So that was really scary because that meant that she was like, fuck. Losing it. <laughs> <laughs> so this, there's another one. This one's really bad, too. Okay. okay. So the second one is um, I was still paying attention. I was paying attention. So I was in a rush. I was in a rush. And um, I was running behind. I think I was like 25, like it's 25. And I was in a rush. I was running behind and I was with scissors, obviously. 
um, I took the scissors down and I'm like, you know, chop, 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 chop. So I cut here the piece of skin, like the piece of finger went into her hair. But I just finished bleaching it. Oh, see, oh, she so, a little pink. <laughs> no, it's red because it's it, it went everywhere. Oh my <laughs> god! Swear to God, and I, I had to bleach it. So I told her, I found the piece, and I just kind of flicked it, and uh, <laughs> I was gonna go back to that later. And uh, I, I put my hand here, and I told her what happened, and she said that it was okay. But I told her that I had to bleach her again. Yeah. <laughs> So before the before there was balayage, I did my own balayage and I just mixed a bunch of 40 volume and just started painting. <laughs> I, my hand was open like the my assistant was holding my hand like this and I was painting her hair. Oh my gosh. But she's still my client to this day. Nice, nice, good, good. Yeah, and I did actually end up having to go to the walk-in because I had uh, like six stitches across here. Oh wow. So, yeah, I, I was like to, on a serious note, I was like two seconds from like cutting, like bleeding out. But oh, geez, that's there's no like crying some... in hairstyling, right? No, that's like a movie where it's like squirting. Nope, it was, it was, <laughs> but I was going like this, so it was going all over the back of her hair because I was freaking out. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but what I didn't realize is you're in a salon, so there's mirrors behind you. Yeah. So she, she's like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" I'm like, "Nothing, nothing." <laughs> Oh, uh, well, if she was a brunette, you could have just uh, pretend like it never happened. Oh, my God. I, I was, like, <laughs> sweating and, like, tears that are in my eyes. But she was really cool about it. Like, she wasn't, like, I would have been absolutely disgusted, but she was cool about it. But, I mean, you could see in the hair because it was so white. You could see. Oh, like, my gosh. The ballistics. <laughs> it's like Dexter blood spatter. Yeah, it was like S <laughs> yeah, SVU shit. You know what I mean? Like, um, but she was cool about it. Um definitely didn't really do a really good job on the whole blood spill procedure. Probably definitely need to work on that. Cause that was a sh bad, I mean, yeah. this is like, but it, I mean, I have, I've done so many things behind the chair that if you, if I told you what I've gotten away with and how I've able been to pivot, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it happens class on that. Oh my God. Things not to do. <laughs> yeah. And how to pivot out of disaster. Yeah. How to fake it till you make it for real. Yeah. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. funny. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, everybody. This is Dominique and, um, uh, we'll definitely have her back again to expand on some other topics. For example, the wig thing, um, yeah. and some other things that she speaks authority to. So Dominique, thank you so much for taking Thanks, the time. Thanks everyone. All right. And, uh, until next time, take care.